Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. You love them, you hate them, and you can't stop talking about them. Announcers, analysts, pundits, they're all fair game. It's Sports Media Payhem with Alex Reamer. Time to let it rip. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Sports Media Mayhem Podcast. It is Thursday, October the 13th, in the year of 2022. My name is Alex Streamer, as you heard in our fantastic and big-time radio-sounding open. Uh, we barreled through October here. Pleasure to be with you this week, talking about the biggest stories in sports media, as we always do. And sometimes, our stories have a bit of a theme, and this is one of those weeks. And the theme would be, famous people in sports media saying or tweeting, in one of the cases, uh, something slightly questionable that riles up people on Twitter. So let's start with Troy Aikman, probably the biggest story in sports media this week. Troy Aikman, of course, calls Monday Night Football alongside Joe Buck on ESPN. I and many others have been quite complimentary of the two so far this season. They've given Monday Night Football that big-time feel that's lacked the last couple of years since Sean McDonough and John Gruden left the booth, though... I am not the biggest fan of John Gruden, far, far from it. In fact, I think he's a total fraud. Uh, him and McDonough calling games did have a bit of a bigger time feel than, let's say, Steve Levy and Brian Greasy and Louis Riddick. Nothing against those guys. But Aikman and Buck have brought the sizzle back to Monday Night Football and better than ever since it went on ESPN many years ago. Uh, but with a big audience comes big scrutiny. And Troy Aikman has dealt with that a few times before in his career. It continued Monday night. One of the big themes of the NFL, of the, the, the last week in the NFL, I should say. I mean, it's always a big theme in the NFL. Bad officiating, overly protective of quarterbacks. But this past Sunday, it came to light again. Tom Brady was gifted a roughing the passer call against Grady Jarrett, Falcons lineman, who brought him down. Should have been a clean sack. And the Falcons would have gotten the ball back down a possession, had a chance to come back, but instead roughing the passer, Buccaneers first down, and that pretty much ended the game. So that was a topic of discussion heading into Monday night. 
Chiefs and Raiders. And what would you know? Late in the first half, Chris Jones brings down Derek Carr and gets flagged for an awful roughing the passer call. And Troy Aikman, like everybody at home, was not happy with that call. So he expressed his unhappiness on ESPN, on the telecast. That's great. That's what an analyst is supposed to do, right? Yes, except he used a phrase that is a bit misogynistic and sexist. This is what Aikman said after looking at the Chris Jones roughing the passer replay. Quote, my hope is the competition committee looks at this in the next set of meetings and, you know, we take the dresses off. That's it. Take the dresses off, that misogynistic phrase. So Aikman was roundly criticized for this on social media and Twitter in particular. I'll just read you a sampling of some of the criticism here. Ariel Ortsudo is a sports reporter in Denver. She tweeted the following and got a lot of reaction. In full agreement that the call against Chris Jones was BS, but did Troy Aikman just say that he hopes the competition committee takes their dresses off? as in trying to demean them by calling them women? Is he actually serious? Jason Page is a talk show host who tweeted the following. Did Troy Aikman really just say what I think he said? Did he really just say it's time for the league to take the dresses off? The 60s called, and they want their chauvinist back. Seriously, ESPN, do better than this crap. Chuck Modi is a writer for Deadspin. Given where he works, no surprise he weighed in here. He said, Troy Aikman really needs to find a non-misogynistic way to critique the call besides take the dresses off. And USA Today wrote a, I'll call it a humor column about this, but it's not very funny. So quote unquote humor column with the headline, Troy Aikman wants the NFL to take the dresses off. Why stop there? Just play the game nude. Ah, funny. And the lead refers to Aikman as quote, a longtime concussion recipient. First of all, before I go further, let me just address that last part. And this joke has been made many times on Twitter over the last few days. Aikman, longtime concussion recipient. Aikman, who suffered from many concussions. Aikman and his concussed brain. Wait a minute. Didn't we just spend the last two weeks lambasting the NFL for not taking player safety seriously, ripping the NFL for not taking head injuries seriously, and now we're going to make fun of Troy Aikman? for suffering repeated head injuries during his career. Aikman's been brave about this. He's spoken publicly that he thinks he's suffered between six and eight concussions during his playing career. Given what we know about concussions, I don't think that's something to make fun of. So it's interesting that I bet you a lot of the same people making these Troy Aikman concussion jokes after his take your dresses off remark are the same people who are screaming the loudest about the NFL not caring about player safety in the wake of what happened to Tuo Tungo Vailoa. Interesting how that can work. Now, as far as the comment itself is concerned, again, my hope is the competition committee looks at this in the next set of meetings, and you know, we take the dresses off. As far as that is concerned, I really don't think it's that big of a deal. It's not. And here we are, 2022, just a few months removed from 2023, Uh, a few months out, I should say, from 2023. Uh, This whole outrage cycle is really tiring at this point and really old at this point. And it's the quintessential example of the boy who cried wolf. There have been so many of these mini outrage cycles that now when something like this is set on TV, the networks, the commentators, I think rightfully just, hopefully just 
kind of put on the ear, put on the blinders, put on the earmuffs and say, eh, no, we're not even t- touching this at all. And in a lot of cases, that's the right mentality. I think that's the mentality that Aikman and ESPN are going to take unless Aikman issues a very brief statement next Monday night. But here's the thing. Pointing out that mm, probably not the best thing for Aikman to say, take the dresses off, does not mean that you are outraged by it or want Aikman disciplined. Because I'll put myself in that group. You know, I don't think ESPN loves that Troy Aikman said it's time to take the dresses off on Monday Night Football. I think they would... Rather him use another expression to express his displeasure with the NFL officiating, okay? And pointing that out does not mean that, again, I am outraged with Aikman. I think he needs to be disciplined, punished, uh, tarred and feathered. No, not at all. But going forward, it would be better if Troy Aikman and other commentators stopped using these kinds of misogynistic phrases, implying that women are weak, of course. Time to take the dresses off. And I'm sympathetic to that argument because we deal with this all the time uh, with LGBTQ people and the casual homophobia that is often thrown around sports. You know, that's so gay or gay slurs, gay jokes. These are commonplace in locker rooms at any level of athletics, especially team athletics, male team sports. And if someone says a homophobic joke or says an anti-gay slur casually in the locker room or on the field or wherever, that doesn't necessarily mean that that person is homophobic. It's just part of their vernacular that they've said over and over again, and they say it without thinking. And if you are a gay athlete on that team, that would probably make you uncomfortable about coming out. And being yourself because you're hearing this constant anti-gay language. It's reflexive. So it would be better if we eliminated that casual homophobia from the locker room. So gay athletes, LGBTQ athletes, people in general could feel more comfortable being themselves. I would say it's the same thing with these comments like time to take the dresses off. It would be better if these phrases were removed from the sports vernacular because then just, you know, we would stop casually demeaning women like that. And women work in sports and we know the struggles that they have to deal with all the time. Women in sports media, working male team sports. So, you know, we're going to have Trini Kuznarek of NBC Sports Boston on to talk about this in a few minutes. But again, you can, two things can be true. Not the best thing to say. Hopefully it's removed from Aikman's vocabulary, but also in the grand scheme of life, not that big a deal and certainly not worth going on long tweet storm about this episode is brought to you by bumble so you want to find someone you're compatible with specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection totally open to having kids in the future is a tall rock climbing libra and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on tuesdays just as much as you do bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you so whatever it is you're looking for bumble's features can help you find it date now on bumble Second order of business, Jeff Passan is ESPN's MLB insider. He's their version of Adam Schefter or Adrian Wojnarowski, hopefully without the ethical concerns of Woj. And I, I, I think Jeff Passan does a really good job, actually. So he was tweeting on Tuesday night. Uh, the Astros were, were playing and Justin Verlander was pitching. And Jeff Passan, I guess, is good friends with Ben Verlander, who, as you might suspect, is Justin Verlander's younger brother. And he works covering baseball as well. 
on the national media scene. And him and Passan, as I mentioned, are friendly. They went back and forth about Verlander Tuesday night. Passan was chiding Ben Verlander. So then he replies, grab a step stool and say it to my face, Jeffy boy. Because Jeff Passan's five foot nine. And then Passan <laughs> says this to Ben Verlander in reference to his constant praise of Shohei Otani. When you're talking about Shohei, you're usually on your knees though, right? <laughs> he said, and then Ben Verlander came back and said, when you're asking me for help getting just an interview, you usually are too, huh? So clearly that's just two guys, two bros, two friends joking around on Twitter. But that phrase looks like you're on your knees implies that they're performing gay sex and that performing gay sex is weak. It's something to make fun of, et cetera. It's that casual homophobia that I just talked about. So Passon deleted the tweet and then tweeted out an apology that got more attention than I think his original tweet would have received. Quote, I crossed the line and that was hurtful to many. I deleted the tweet and sincerely apologize. Though Ben and I have known one another for a while and often joke on Twitter, it's no excuse for my mistake. I will be better and learn from it. Again, this is an example of rather being safe than sorry. You go back to ESPN, a Disney franchise. I'm sure they would prefer that their top MLB insider not uh, make casually homophobic jokes on social media, even if it is with a good friend and it is totally harmless. I can understand that. And this is Passon and his bosses probably saying, eh, let's just delete, apologize, move on. And it's already gone away. But this is indicative of a larger point. Twitter is awful. <laughs> I mean, I'm a gay man and don't, you know, that tweet happens. It's two guys joking around. I think Jeff Passon is on, is, is a good reporter. He's on the our side of these issues. Uh, I, you know, I'm letting that go, but a lot of people wouldn't. And Passon deletes and apologizes. And I bet you that going forward, Jeff Passon will never joke on Twitter again. I mean, maybe he will, but it'll be really obvious and purely in a baseball context. If he wants to joke around with his pal, Ben Verlander, they're taking that offline. They're texting, they're DMing, they're not tweeting it for their you know, hundreds of thousands of followers to see, uh, millions of followers to see. They're not doing that. Um, and, you know, that's why no public figure should ever joke about anything on Twitter because the Twitter crowd just can't handle it. The risk far outweighs the reward. There really is no reward, frankly, just risk. So yeah, Twitter stinks. <laughs> and this is another example of how any fun, any joking around, any friendly banter between friends uh, is best left far away from that cesspool of a platform. We may have some Mac Jones posturing going on in Foxborough. So... I mentioned a couple weeks ago on the show, I definitely wrote about it, but I think I talked about it too, that Bill Belichick, just three days after Max Jones left the field screaming in pain against the Ravens due to his severe high ankle sprain, he said that Mac, quote, is getting better day by day. And he also said that Mac Jones is a lot better than he was yesterday. Definitely getting better. Those are direct quotes from Bill Belichick, September 28th, just three days after this ankle injury. Okay, so Belichick was implying there on September 28th that Mac Jones was close to returning. 
here we are two weeks later. Mac Jones did not play against the Packers. He did not start against the Lions. Will he start Sunday against the Browns? Well, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler reports that Mac Jones actually could have played last week against Detroit and has a decent chance of playing this week. This is what he wrote on ESPN.com. Quote, Mac Jones is improving his chances to play this week against Cleveland. One source classified his chances as decent, but much depends on how the week of practice goes. And doctors will likely be involved in the decision. I'm told Jones has progressed each week and even made last week's decision to go with Bailey Zappi. Interesting. Hmm. Now, remember that before the Packers game even, we got a report from NFL Media's Mike Giardi that Mac Jones was telling teammates not to count him out against Green Bay. And now we have Jeremy Fowler reporting that Jones has progressed each week and he had a decent chance of even playing against the Lions. Um, so what does this mean? What could this mean? Who's leaking this? I think it's coming from Mac Jones's camp. I think Mac Jones's camp wants the word out there that he is doing all he can to return and he wants to get back as quickly as possible. And if he's not on the field this Sunday against Cleveland, that's more on Bill and the coaches and not on Mac. Because of course, Mac Jones seeked second opinion. He did not go with the tightrope surgery that Jalen Hurts and Tua went with, the Alabama quarterbacks before him. Tua returned less than one month after this tightrope surgery, but then dislocated his hip just a couple weeks later. Mac Jones opted for rest and rehab. The Patriots, I think, were pushing for surgery. They let that known publicly at the time. A lot of reports said that this, oh, likely surgery. So you always have to pay attention to the wording of these things, where they're probably coming from. And that ESPN report, I think, is Mac Jones' camp pushing back and saying, oh, yeah, last week he could have played. And if he doesn't play this week, put that on the coaching staff, not on him. Well, speaking of Bill and the coaching staff on Wednesday, Belichick was opaque when talking to Mac Jones, only saying, we'll see. When asked if he could play this week against Cleveland, we'll see. Sounds a lot different than getting better day by day and a lot better than he was yesterday. Right? So what's going on there? Hmm. It's worth thinking about. All right. It's always worth talking to Trenny Kuznarek of NBC Sports Boston, a good friend of mine, a throwback to the old DEI days. Trenny is coming up to talk about Troy Aikman and a few other things on the other side. It's a Sports Media Mayhem podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. Trenny Kuznarek Casey, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Thanks. I'm well, thanks. I know it's so weird. People have had a hard time getting rid of the Kuznarek. It's just Trenny Casey now. You don't even need to struggle for the first part. I may or may not have introduced you as Trenny Kuznarek in the opening of the show. So my, my apologies. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> not, that, it's okay. It's it, uh, as we talked about prior to taping this, um, like we were just chatting offline. Um, I go on Jim and Marjorie, uh, which is a local radio show. And um, without fail, Marjorie Egan introduces me as Trenny Casey. And then she'll go, so Trenny Kuznarek. <laughs> and she like, begins to ask me a question. So it's, 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 you know, it's so hard. It's so hard to have it to break. It's okay. It is, yeah. And Trenny Kuznarek, I, I like Kuznarek. It's a great, it's a good stage name, I think. So. Is it? Is it? Is it? I do. I like it. It's hard. You know what? It's a. Do you know why? It's a good radio name. That's why. You know, Trenny is good first name, but Kuznarek. It's a little hard. Has a hard, you know, tone to it. So yeah, yeah. Hard Polish kids. Hard yeah. Polish kids. <laughs> Absolutely. Um. So yeah, I was talking earlier about Troy Aikman 
saying it's time for the NFL to take the dresses off. And I figured, well, as great as it is for people to hear me talk about this, let me talk to somebody who could probably speak a little closer to this. So um, when you hear something like that, Trenny, what is your reaction to it? And what was your reaction to what he said Monday night? So, I mean, my reaction is like, uh, I can't believe like we thought this is still happening. We have to talk about it. Yeah. But at the same time, I, 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 my reaction, I think people's first, like what people think that how I'm going to respond is, right. oh my God, he needs to be suspended. You know, there shouldn't be any tolerance for this. And, and that's honestly not how I think. Like, there is part of me that looks at Troy Aikman and said, the guy came of age in the 80s. He played football in the 90s when these were things that just were said. Like, it is, it is ingrained into your brain. And I likened it to, like, when I was growing up, we used to say, oh, that's so rhymes with hey. Right. That's right? okay. Or Absolutely. That person yeah. is that person is such an R word. Right. Like we would never use those phrases now. And if you do, if it like slips out of your subconscious from 10, 15, 20 years ago, you automatically go, Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. Right. And I think that's what has bothered me more about this is that there hasn't been a, wow, I shouldn't have said that moment yet. Now, whether or not they're crafting something at ESPN or he's going to say something on the Monday night broadcast and they're just waiting so that it doesn't, I I don't know, but that to me is the bigger issue is that, and that there are people still like defending him. Like, oh, the woke culture just can't, like, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is that you're using a phrase that, that suggests weakness. Right. And it's directly tied to women. Right. So basically you're saying women are weak. Right. And the NFL should stop acting like women. And if you said that, if you said the NFL should stop acting like a bunch of ladies, there's no way that he wouldn't have gotten in more trouble, but it's like, it was just, but it's the same thing. And that to me is like, Mm. just stop, just say, you know what? Sorry. Shouldn't have said that. And you know what? I have to be, I have to think more before I speak now. I know it's wrong. I knew it was wrong as soon as I said it. And I'm so sorry that it slipped out. Yeah, that's actually, that's I have to do. yeah, that's a great point, right? If he said, you know, they have to stop being a bunch of girls here, these refs. Yeah, it, it, it's basically saying the same thing. But I agree with you. Yeah. And, and I really liken it a lot to, and it's funny you mentioned, you know, that's so gay. You used to say that. I even used to say that. I liken it a lot to casual homophobia, right? Like if somebody says something like that, it's casual homophobia. It's been in the vernacular for decades. And, you know, I don't think that person should be, reprimanded necessarily, disciplined, canceled, but, you know, two things can be true, right? Like, it's not the biggest deal in the world, but also, it would be nice if those phrases were dropped from our vernacular, and here's why it would be nice, because it can make, you know, a closeted gay person uncomfortable if they hear a teammate or, you know, other sports figures or anybody, you know, throw out these casual homophobic insults, and I I imagine it's very similar to something like this. Yeah, I mean, listen, do I think Troy Aikman hates all women? No. Or people who have defended him hate all women? Of course, of course I don't think that. I mean, I think people think that I think that, but I certainly <laughs> don't. I, I just was like, like to me, it's, it's like, well, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is, is that you are perpetuating a narrative that women are less than, that we are weaker and less than, and that when you talk about us in a derogatory manner, why would you get upset about it? It's always been that way. Why should I have to change? You should just learn to accept it. To which my response this week to this has been, and I'm actually going to do something um, on my show, our Bella Early Edition with Trenny. I'm going to do like a little monologue on this. Is oh, nice. I have to think about what I do and say 
every single day as a woman. Every day, I have to think about when I go for a run. Do I have my headphones in when I go for a run? If I go meet friends for a drink, is the bar crowded? Have I seen the bartender make my drink? Do I know that bartender? Have I left my drink unattended? When I talk about sports, did I make a mistake? Do I know what I'm talking about? Is someone going to think that I got my job simply because of my gender, not because I worked my ass off for, you know, 22 years to get to where I am? Like, it's this constant, like, exhausting game of I have to think before I speak or do what to a lot of other people is just a natural progression of their day. So I don't think it's that much to ask for you to think before you speak. To think about how you're, what you're saying perpetuates a narrative about an entire group of people right. that is harmful to those people and say, oh, man, I'm sorry that I said that. Like, And I totally know why I shouldn't have said it, and I said it anyway. Like, it doesn't need to be this. You know, I, I don't need you to donate to a woman's group or, like, take yourself off the air. I just don't right. love an acknowledgement of, right. you know what, that's a pretty antiquated thing to say, and I'm sorry that I said it. Right. Exactly. It's that I'm middle. Not to be that hard. Yeah. And I'll try really hard not to do it again. It's that middle ground. Yeah. But there is, like we've gone to a place where people don't like they don't see a middle ground. Like right. there is a middle ground here. I, I mean, it's not. Maybe there are people who are calling for him to be fired or you know put on a leave of absence or something. Like I honestly don't think that that tactic works either. Right. Like when we punish people for, and I and I don't want to say this was an honest mistake because it came out so easily. Like clearly, this is something that is like. Right probably in his regular vernacular, right? right? Like right. it's just like sort of how he talks. But again, I think that there should be some like understanding allowed for people who did grow up in a certain time. Like, I mean, Troy is probably, I, mean, I don't know exactly how old he is, but I'd have to imagine he's between 10 and 15 years, maybe 20 years older than me, right? So he grew up in a time yeah. when that, that's just how you talk. And that is, no matter what anyone says, that can be a hard habit to break, right? Like it can come in, especially when you're talking in a stream of consciousness, Definitely. like you are during a game or you're mad about something. Like, I think there should be some grace allowed that you're not always going to say the exact right thing all the time. And you shouldn't like lose your career over that. Right. But right. I also shouldn't have to just shrug my shoulders and go, oh, well, you know, no big deal. It's fine. I am just like the weaker fire of sex. I'll just go over <laughs> here in the corner and make you a sandwich. <laughs> well, it depends on what kind, I guess. Sorry. No, right. But it's uh, in, at Outsports, we do this all the time where if somebody like an, an announcer or whomever, an athlete, says something anti-gay, like an anti-gay slur. We like to like take a step back and explain why that's a wrong thing to say rather than, oh, you know, it's tar and feather them. Yeah. But And that's much more effective. But sadly, like I think, I think a lot of this stuff is the boy who cried wolf. There's been so much outrage and volume for so many years on Twitter that, you know, people get reflexive and assume that everyone's thinking of the two extremes. And it's really too bad because any opportunity for growth is kind of wiped out you're right yeah yeah i mean i think that's all anyone who is in like a subgroup right like basically anyone who's not a straight white male (laughs) let's just call it what it is anyone who is not a straight white male all any of us want is for you just to acknowledge that we haven't always that that we've always had to like navigate a world around the the parameters you have set and so and i when i say you i mean the straight white male and so now all we're asking is you maybe just acknowledge the fact that we're here and we're we're just like like we're just like you we just happen to have different parts or like somebody different or love someone different like we're all just human beings and i would think that you want respect and you know it's funny to me too that when 
when the reverse happens, right, like when people start attacking straight white males, like they get all up in arms, like, oh, that's a stereotype. How dare you say that? Not everybody's like that. Really, you don't say. <laughs> that's what I want to say when they complain. Like, really? Really? Not everybody's a stereotype? You don't like stereotypes? Oh, interesting. You don't like stereotypes. Okay. All right. See them for who they are, Trenny. Not a stereotype. Come on. Um, so I also want to ask you about Ime Yudoka. This story fascinates me just about how weird it is and how it's still so shrouded in mystery, just, you know, weeks later. Um, I know, right? It's so odd. And there's all these euphemisms. And so I just want to ask you in general, like, you know, when this all started and Woj called it consensual, then we got the unwanted comments. And we, how do you think that this story was handled at the onset by the national media when it first broke? I mean, I guess if you're Woj, right? I, and listen, I have no idea who his source was. I don't know if it was Celtic. I don't know if it was Ime Udoka. I don't know if it was like, I, I have no clue. Um, but I, I think it is, if we want to have responsible reporting, if something's reported to you, and, you know, I believe um, Sham Sharania also reported as a consensual relationship, as did, I believe, Gary Washburn. At, at the first, at first, yeah. But then Shams the had the unwanted first, yeah. comment thing, yeah. Yeah. But they all just, you know, that's where it started. I think you can only report what you know, right? Like, because if you start veering from that, then you're not reporting what you've been told, right? And that's our job, right? Like, our job is to dig into it. Yeah. Um, but we also have a responsibility to not make the story what we think it is, which my first reaction to the story was, well, if it was a consensual relationship, you wouldn't be fired for a year or suspended for right, a year, what, you know, which we all know is just going to get fired, right? Like, and I think that I can be candid enough to say this on this podcast, which is anyone who's been around sports for, forget sports, anyone who's been around like life, they understand that consensual relationships that are not with your partner happen more often than a lot of people want to admit. And especially in sports when you're on the road all the time and you're like in these other cities and you're working late hours, like infidelities happen, but you don't get fired from your job for that infidelity unless it is breaking some major rules or there is something that's like awry with the relationship and something has gone wrong. Like to me, that's where, you know, I, I think it's been a little disappointing to not get more details because it's still, if I'm a player on the Celtics and right. I don't know if they know more than the rest of us, right. but aren't you going, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, really? You fired our head coach right. because he was like, with somebody who wasn't his fiance, like, come on, man. You know, does that mean, does that mean that's going to happen to me? Does that mean it's going to happen to my teammate? Like, are we going to lose somebody that's important in the middle of the season because it, it violates some moral code? I mean, this is, we're professionals. They're men. We're adults in this situation. Um, and I just sort of feel like not often enough with that sort of address. Like everyone took it just for face value. And I think for a Sean or a, um, I, I woge, you kind of have to, and then dig in behind the scenes. But like on talk shows, it was kind of surprising to me how quickly people like came to the defense of Ime Udoka. Oh, like, well, it's just consensual. Like, what is he getting fired for? And no, dot dot dot. But what yeah. else might it be? No, totally. And you know, we found out quote unquote unwanted comments, crude language. Woj right. had in a report, and even that. I mean, I'm like as reprehensible as that is. 
you know, is there more? It just seems still so vague. And it's, I mean, I mean, I do feel like, and from what people have talked about, sort of like, you know, off camera, that there will be more that comes out, right? Like at some point, we're gonna get the full story. But I mean, just like this, like, the gossip girl in me is dying to know what the full story is, because it doesn't, like I said, any of us who've covered sports, like it doesn't add up, right? It just doesn't add up right now. No, crazy indeed. But uh, yeah, Celtics, they run a tighter ship than Belichick. Who could have thunk it? Nothing gets uh, nothing gets out of the garden. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Trenny, thanks for coming on. Good stuff. Thanks for having me.